You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme this evening, I'll be talking to Rosemary Bennis, proprietor of Sonus Health Store, about a recent campaign that resulted in the planned application of VAT to food supplements being deferred until November the 1st. And Kristen Jensen, chairperson of the Irish Food Writers Guild, has details about this year's awards, which are in their 25th year. But before that, if you'd like to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste, you can drop me an email, s.noonan at live.ie, or tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation, or head over to Instagram and find me there at Sharon J. Noonan. Now, were you aware that there is currently no VAT on food supplements and that there were plans to add on a whopping 23% at the start of March this year? Well, a very strategic campaign was mounted some months ago in an effort to reverse the decision and it resulted in the increase being postponed until November later this year. I met Rosemary Bennis, who owns Sauna's Health Food Store in Newcastle West, County Limerick, to find out more about the campaign, why it was successful and what the public need to do to continue to support it. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Rosemary, you've had a major campaign recently, which was very successful, I suppose, in the short term. Just explain to us what was going on in the world of health food stores. Sure. Well, um, since we joined the European Union in 72, um, when the concept of value-added tax was introduced, um, food stuff, food supplements, which would include vitamins, minerals, fish oils, probiotics, uh, were exempt from VAT. They were zero VAT rated. And that's the way it was. And then in the 2012-13, revenue started looking at that again. Um, because I suppose the, the, the area has grown exponentially. There's been a huge growth in this market in the last 20 years. And um, each time a new product comes to market, they would have had to, um, sort of say, um, place it in a certain, in, in a certain category, fat, which was always zero. Anyway, um, that was reviewed a little, and sports supplements and anything that pertained to change your shape, so lose weight, sculpt shape, gain weight, they became VAT rated at 23%. So this is where people sort of glaze over and go, oh God. But a lot of people didn't realise that. So, for example, apple cider vinegar tablets or, um, you know, maybe we don't do appetite suppressant tablets, but something that might help you kickstart losing a few pounds, they became 23% VAT rated. So that was grand and that tipped along. And then at Christmas time, well, last year, actually, this has been going on with revenue. So let me just check. Um, yeah. If somebody was taking a supplement for vitamin D yeah. or something like that, there was no No VAT, that, no, that. and never was. So no. if you were deficient in yeah. something and you really needed to boost it, there was no VAT None. on Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah, and never was. if it was something that was maybe more Seen an as an elective and enhancing, yeah, okay. exactly. Seen okay. not as sort of, say, maybe as essential. Okay. okay, though there is room to argue that though actually as well but anyway that 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 went ahead without really anybody realizing almost anyway last year this issue has still been there with revenue um very much the issue was about revenue almost acting alone and outside of department of finance that was a lot behind it actually and 
at the end of the year, on the 27th of, November, of December, um, Revenue issued what's called an e-brief, which is a statement of intent that VAT will be applied at 23% as of March the 1st. So very little that, time to get your head around Very little time and no you, debate. You probably had an inkling yeah. that it was going to we happen. Did. They've been threatening it yeah. on the sidelines for a long yeah. time. And we had wanted a legislative solution and we wanted it legislated and actually written into the finance bill in last year's budget. But that was kicked to the touch and it, nothing happened, which actually wasn't great because then it was wide open to interpretation or misinterpretation. So unfortunately, that's the position we were left with. When I say we now, it's Health Stores Ireland, which is an association of retail, health, independent health stores, and also the Health Trade Association, which would be our suppliers, a supply chain. They're a block, they're, they're like, like the pharmacies union, and they would be have been involved as well, laterally, but they're still there. So um, yeah, we were literally, it was kind of like a decree and it was a case of, okay, here you go, this is what's going to happen, lads. From the 1st of March, I'm going to have to charge you uh, 23%, let's just call it a quarter, because that's what it, what it would round to for the multivitamin for your ch- child who's after tummy bug. I'm going to have to charge you a quarter extra for your vitamin D deficiency because you work inside 12 months of the year. You know, things like that. Even say things like, I don't know, your vitamin D for your osteoporosis, actually, which is a massive issue for a lot of women and men, actually. Loads and loads of things. These aren't like, um, you know, strange, random items from the Amazon that were all, that had promised elixir of youth. These would be very bare essential products. Probiotics, which I would call essential these days because our gut is so denatured from our processed diet and from the overuse of medication um, and they would all have been liable so the good news is we staged a big campaign and the campaign was focused on getting maintaining the zero rate and the other part of it was saying we want to push this back to the arena of legislation not just to civil service we wanted actually debated in the doll by our elected representatives and we, we told every single customer we asked every single customer who were incensed and could see the, the, the this ridiculousness of it to approach their elected representatives and, and they did did you feel it was very much to you as a group the health food shops as a group to create that awareness amongst the consumer like how aware was Joe Bloggs that comes in here to buy their vitamin D yeah. for their child how aware were they that there was no VAT on yeah. that in the first place that's a good point they weren't aware um, at all because you wouldn't be to be honest until I got into retail I had no clue about VAT um, you wouldn't be aware unless you had a leg in retail Um and then uh, once people were made aware, they were like, sure, that makes no sense. I'm trying to look after myself here. I'm trying to stay out of hospital. I've had a child in dehydrated after a tummy bug. <clears throat> Excuse me, I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. La, 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 la. All the different reasons. Why should I be penalised for helping myself? And in, in, in an area of, 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 of product that's not cheap anyway. And, you know, by helping yourself, then you're actually helping the healthcare service here in Ireland because right. you're not going to need to go to the hospital yeah. and use it and put the pressure onto an already very much in demand service that is that's right. really... That's right, a very burden system. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you know, like, I mean, even like the, the health... The, the, yeah, the HSE, I have a massive campaign this winter, as usual, about flus. Do you know that really they're actually saying don't go to your GP even unless it's a, a secondary infection, that rest, rehydration, take time off work, and that's where you need to be, so not clogging up as you say, the, the burden system. So yet there was an awful lot in it and there was a lot of a deeper issue as well about, there was an ethical issue to this as well um, that like, you know, 
we're trying to make a, make make a, make some improvement here. We're trying to help ourselves. And what what's happening? Oh, we're not being told that there's 23% going on next month. I had people, you know, I, people would spend a bit, and it's not even about the cost. Even if the items were one euro, it's the principle that you're being vetted for doing something fundamentally nourishing, and then at the same time. You're not being. There's no tax for something that's. I don't know. I mean, I'm. Sure I won't come up with an, a, a comparison now that I'm on live radio. Well, but you know, like it, there's no VAT on food, for example. Yeah, there's VAT on what's called um, luxury non-essential items, which would be chocolate biscuits, which would be biscuits, full stop. And that's stuff why like that. you have the the drama between the Jaffa cake. Is it a biscuit or is it a cake? Yeah. Because the VAT is different exactly. between the two. Yeah. I mean, there's people who, if you are a nerd, you can really get into the <laughs> tweaks of VAT because even the revenue, the revenue um, website will have you fascinated if you really want to get into it. But most people, it would just be eyes eye glazing and it's very complex. So, um, but yeah, there, there was an ethical argument to it as well. I think people, I, will, I personally felt very injured and I thought, I'm going to be seen now as someone who's just creaming it, adding this top layer, when I'm a, vat, I'm a tax collector. Yeah. They're making me into a, being a tax collector mm. in an area I don't believe in. So, I'm, I, anyway, we rallied. The association I'm a member of are very proactive. Again, they're not an association you'd know of, because we're quite a small sector. But at the same time, the issue was quite deep, and um, we managed to yeah, get in touch with a lot of people. We staged a day of action here. We called it Black Friday, where we blacked out the windows and... You know, just to highlight, um, this is things are going to be pretty black. <laughs> and that blackout so, took place all around the country. It did take all around, yeah. And lots of shops did a little demo. They did a bit of a blackout the windows like we did. We had a postcard campaign, which was sponsored by one of the suppliers. Which were, The suppliers are very helpful. Postcards were sent in. Our local representative was flooded with postcards. But it was great because, and I've spoken to him about it, and he was delighted to see people you know, actually moving and enacted and caring and getting back to him about it. So the key to this is it was a grassroots um, uh, campaign. Absolutely, that's why that's why it succeeded. What the outcome has been at the 11th hour, a couple, two days, what was February 28th or 27th, um, the uh, Revenue Commissioner um, handed the responsibility, shall we say, the whole issue back to Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, which is exactly the arena that we believe it should be in. That's actually the principle of the matter as well, that like, hang on a second here, an unelected body going rogue almost, you know, issuing briefs that have a massive impact on people's lives and they haven't had a chance to be debated or discussed or even opposition lobbied, you know. So now we have a chance and we, a lot of opposition was lobbied. We have a, a, a resting period until the 1st of November when, when this has to be decided upon again. What we're hoping is we're pushing for zero VAT to be put into the finance bill and actually legislated. And in, at the end of the day, revenue just won clarity as well, actually, and traders just want clarity. That, that was an amazing result. It was an amazing result to for get a small a delay group. On it. It, it, it really was. was. Yeah, was it, it was. A shock to you? I was really surprised. I honestly thought Brexit would, would there would be a deal bro, bro, brokered in de- Brexit mm. quicker. Genuinely, I remember thinking of the two issues at the moment. Brexit's more likely to be favourable and I mean that's so unlikely at the moment but you know I did I thought it was gone to the wall because I suppose the Taoiseach's comments questions questions delivered in the doll, which there was a lot of questions in the, previ- in the, in the same month of February actually there was a lot of actual um, presence at in in being in 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 the, in the doll, um, in questions and so on and yeah just a very unfavorable response very very un very very unsympathetic and almost um, 
reducing the whole idea and demeaning it. So I that made me think, mm, not really, we're not really going to succeed here. But we kept pushing, and I think at the end of the day, it was local TDs were getting the message from their 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 supporters and or it, their their isn't constituents. It amazing the way a voice, yeah. and a collective voice yeah. can actually make the difference, even if you kind of think, I don't think this is going to work. It's well worth putting the time and effort it into is. it. And loads of people, people were fantastic. Customers were great because I said, that's just look, I'm really unhappy about it, but say it to the people who have who are in the corridors of power. Say it to them, and people really did. And uh, yeah, people are very, you know, our elected representatives and our local TD Patrick he's 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 very he understood the issue completely he wasn't in favour of it but now it's back I think for the government they've taken it back in and that's great and and actually it's great for people to see well you know what not everything is decided without our without our input you know, it's a, it's a small win, but it's significant. So right now, everything is zero rated. So come on in and get it. Because people were beginning to stockpile. I'd say they were, yeah. They were, because there's a few people now. You know, we'd have lots of customers. But there's some expensive, the higher price ones. And they were like, oh, do you know what? I'll just get a second box. And I'd be going, oh, God, I'd hate to be charging it to you. But I can understand, do you know? So anyway, that fear is gone. And hopefully we'll just keep pushing now for a positive outcome in the autumn. And you had a petition as well. We so did. signatures oh, are yeah. still very much yeah, in vogue. We see a lot of this online now to yeah. fill in your email address or whatever. But the actual piece of paper and the biro yeah. pen and write your name yeah. and your details down, yeah. that still works. There was over 65,000 signatures gathered. And I mean, um, so and there was an e-petition e as well as um, an online one as well as a, a paper one. But yeah, they mattered. I took them down. I took them to our constituent uh, to our TD and said look this is the number of people that care and he you know and the number of postcards that got through I I, I ran out of postcards otherwise I'd have sent more okay. that's what showed yeah and phone calls as well and people are great and it's taught me something too because sometimes in business and in, just in life job everything family you're busy and you don't take the minute to make that call or write that letter and actually it really showed me especially local issues especially local issues that's what and that, that's where I suppose representative, representative politics works and that is such a contentious issue and you've already had the VAT increase yeah. from 9% to 13.5% oh yeah I know and that's really your coffee and things like yeah, that yeah on our food on our takeaway food yeah on our, on our takeaway drinks yeah that's really hurting that's really hurting a lot of people a lot of people who go out for their Sunday lunch who'd have they'd stop and sure we're all on the road a lot of people you know you, get to, you are actually paying the guts of 5% extra and for the hotel industry and you know restaurants cafes yeah it's kind of like it's very it is hard it's a lot it's a lot off your bottom line five percent so and it has to be passed on and that doesn't look good for business either and that came in at the start of the year yeah it did so what was the reaction from customers whenever they came in and they saw now you would have had a notice up to explain why I did it's really important to do that isn't it yeah I think it is I felt very I held off as long as I could I held off a few weeks and then I thought no I have to I can't absorb it I have to put it on and because it was kind of in the news it was a good time so yeah I put up a sign and explained and people understood it completely now that that was a that VAT reduction was a different one um a couple of years ago as part of stemming um, say uh, an improve, sti- stimulating an improvement in, in the re- hospitality industry it was seen as a concessionary rate applied and the, the, there was a deadline on it which was 2019 but it's kind of a pity that it wasn't fought harder to, 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 to keep because there's a big difference between fully booked hotels in Dublin 
and down, exactly. and and down here there's a massive difference. One shoe does not fit all. No, that's what a lot of people it doesn't. Would have said to yeah, me. it doesn't. And there's a massive there's massive costs in um, in catering, hospitality, restaurant, trade, cafes, and a lot of people doing a really good job, but it's huge. It's huge. There's huge out- outputs. Um, so anyway, people people kind of saw it as a fate complete. Actually, the response was, "Usher, oh, sure, more of it, more of it." You know, and then, but but at least, well, not at least, but the only thing was, it was a four and a half percent. Whereas what we were facing with the supplements was a twenty three percent. So mm. that's just like day and night, you know. So anyway, n- neither of them are good, but unfortunately, we have to put up with the the hospitality one now, which is a pity. Would you be in favour of, say, somewhere like Dublin having a different VAT rate? to rural Ireland for example yeah. for certain industries that maybe it's you know it's more challenging for the B&B owner in rural Ireland than yeah. it is for the five star international hotel in Dublin that's right down the road from the arena or the, con- the consortium that is has the ready made audience there yeah I mean look it's, it's, it's beyond my scope really to even comment but I do think one size does not fit all yeah and it's very hard for everyone to have to play by the same game rules when, when, when the play is so different mm. you know so so you've got until November now yes. before the, they say the 23% is coming. What yeah. can we do, the general public, what can we do between now and then to support you and your efforts and all the health food stores around Ireland and their efforts to... To stop it coming in, to in stop November. it coming in, yeah. Well, the main thing is maintain your opposition to it. Let people know. Let your TD know. So we have Noel Collins, Tom Neville, Patrick O'Donovan in this constituency, and there'll be people listening in, in the wider constituencies as well. Get to know them. I mean, you don't have to harp on, but you could drop a line, you could email, you could ring and say, or you could make an appointment to meet and say. Because a lot of people, this would be a very, you know, people's budgets are tight we're all tight we're all a lot of people are managing but it's tight um and and that extra 10 on a 20 euro item your extra fiver on top of it it's huge so and for some people it's not um it's not non-negotiable they have to so um yeah just i think keep people letting people know with me it's it's great when people say oh i i sent that off or i had a had a chat i met whoever on the street and i had a chat it's just great this council election coming up let them know because they're not the, the, the legislators for this but nonetheless they're feeding into the system that is so they, when someone's on your doorstep let them know I was going to say a great question to ask them when they are at the doorstep yeah. To, yeah. you know to always have yeah. a few issues that do really affect you that it's true you know yeah. you feel close to that you can ask them just to see how serious they are as a public representative that's right and I, th- I really think too for representatives you know they want people to be engaged no more than yourself you know if you're passionate about something and you're getting no feedback like it's it's one street and it's it's wearing so actually i think um it's great it's it's healthy to have a bit of debate it needn't be aggro but it's a bit of debate so it's good so i've kind of learned out of that too so i'll have a list of questions <laughs> do you think you'll be standing yourself i certainly will not stage? i certainly will not i it keep behind the counter it hasn't given you a taste for, no, for public life no it hasn't no it hasn't but it's definitely taught me to engage where i might have just thought it was all a fait accompli and what's the point a bit before you know as you get a bit older and jaded but anyway um i'll i it's definitely the engagement is the thing and that's great. And online, actually, people get great comfort, I think, out of knowing that they're part of a bigger group. Because we did massive sharing and people were brilliant. They would spread it all on and, you know, people started talking about it, which was great. Mm. Well, listen, a very serious issue. Thanks so much for talking to me about it today and for raising awareness. And congratulations on the, the outcome. And we'll keep our fingers crossed Indeed. and work hard then for a similar outcome later this year. That's right. Great, Sharon. Thank you.
You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, health store owner Rosemary Bennis highlighted the actions and positive outcome of a recent campaign to prevent 23% fat being added to health supplement products. If you missed that and you're just tuning in now, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to online, SharonNoonan.com, as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And they're also on the taste.ie website. So award season is very much underway at present and at the start of March the Irish Food Writers Guild held their annual lunch to announce their award recipients for this year. The Guild was formed in 1990 to promote high professional standards of knowledge and practice among writers about food, nutrition, food history and other allied matters and to assist in the forging of links and networks between professionals in the food industry. The chairperson is Kristen Jensen and Kristen is on the phone now to tell us about this year's winners. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Kristen, you're very welcome to the programme this evening and at the start of March you announced the winners of this year's Irish Food Writer Guild Food Awards. This is the 25th year. Can you tell us why the Irish Food Writers Guild started the awards? Well, we started the awards um, with a simple aim, and it remains our aim today, all these years later, uh, it's to honor the producers, people, and organizations that really represent so much about what is special about food and drink in Ireland, whether that's a sustainable business, an innovative product, um, how they operate within the community, an excellent, outstanding drink. You know, we, we cover a wide spectrum. The award titles are quite unique, I think. It's not just like the best meat or the best fish. Just talk me through the different categories that you have there. Okay, so we have a food award, and we can, um, and these are kind of our own internal rules. We, We have a food award, and we can give up to three awards per year. We have an Irish drink award. We have an Outstanding Organization or Person Award. So that award can go to either an individual or an organization. We have an Environmental Award, a Community Food Award, and then at the discretion of uh, the Guild's Executive Committee, we can award a Lifetime Achievement Award. So not every year we'll have a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's kind of as and when it arises. And it's interesting what you say there about the committee because these are not awards that the public vote for or that a, a company puts itself forward. That's right. It's your it's your group, your members that decide what's going to happen. That's right. So we're our awards are very unique in that regard, and we're really proud of them uh, for that integrity that nobody can nominate themselves or put themselves forward for our awards. So the way it works is our members. Uh, nominate the products and the people. We meet every November in the Board BIA offices and we have um, our judging meeting and that oftentimes involves, you know, having to cook the product or, or certainly serve it either way if it's, if it's a food or drink. So we taste everything and if it's the case of the Environmental Award or the, the person or organization, we, we obviously, we just, we just talk about it. Uh, but because there's no kind of external influence, you know, it, it's absolute integrity in that regard. 
However, our community food award is a little bit different. We do welcome nominations from the public for that award. And that's more to, as much to do with educating ourselves about the initiatives that are out there. You know, that, that one's a little bit special. Obviously, as food writers, you're very well placed to know what is going on in Irish Food and Drink, and it is an All-Ireland Award, and this year Northern Ireland did well. Absolutely, and that's, that's I think, a, an important part of our award as well. And it, it was kind of funny how it worked out just to have three out of our eight winners from the North with Brexit on everybody's minds, you know, so much this year. And, you know, we don't have, every year when we open up our nominations to our members, you know, we don't have a theme. You know, we have criteria that the produce has to be produced in Ireland and the main ingredient, where possible, has to be uh, grown in Ireland. But other than that, it's just kind of open to all comers. But even so, we find that there's, the winners generally kind of fall into themes every year. And so it was interesting, as I say, that this year, with the North being on everybody's mind, we had a good representation on an all-island basis. Well, let's start off with the Northern Irish companies that got the awards and with Mike Thompson for his Young Buck Cheese, which comes from County Down. It's a blue cheese, a cheese that I'd be very familiar with and a fabulous cheese, which has done extremely well in the past couple of years since it was launched onto the market. Yeah, so he's um, an interesting story. I mean, They all have amazing stories that he, it's the first raw milk blue cheese to be produced in Northern Ireland. So Mike Thompson, he realized there was a gap in the market for a locally produced cheese while he was working at a deli in Belfast. And when customers kept coming in and asking for them, he could only point them towards cheeses from the Republic or England. So he took it upon himself, realized, as I said, there was a gap in the market for a cheese like this. He crowdfunded 80,000 pounds to get himself up and going to make Young Buck cheese. Uh, he buys unpasteurized milk from a single herd of cows, and uh, which I think is and, and another interesting first. And last year, he opened Belfast's first specialist cheese shop, not surprisingly, with a focus on showcasing Irish raw milk cheese. And he's done very well for himself. Uh, as you said, it's sold all across Ireland, as well as the UK, throughout Europe, features on the menus of several Michelin-starred restaurants. Um, it's a Stilton-style cheese. And I think the fact that it's the raw milk cheese, too, has a real sense of place. It is a fabulous cheese. So congratulations to Mike. And then the the next winner from Northern Ireland is for the Environmental Award. So yes, this is Brock Gammon Farm. They're fascinating. They really have gone above and beyond in terms of their approach to the farm. Uh, so they, it's, starting with their core principles, they founded the farm to counteract the wasteful practice of putting down male kid goats born to the dairy industry by taking those and rearing them for kid goat meat. And they they've now also do free-range rosé veal and seasonal wild game as well. And But we, we didn't... Um, so we awarded the farm, though, because they've really... Like, as I say, they, they have an exceptional commitment to the environment. They have an eco-farmhouse, an on-site butchery facility and farm shop that all use solar thermal heating low-flow appliances, photovoltaic solar panels, air source heat pump, mechanical ventilation with heat recovery system, rainwater harvesting tanks. It's kind of like they tick every box of all the things we should all be doing. Uh, they were members of the countryside management scheme and preserved species-rich grasslands. 
they are constantly reevaluating their viral impact, environmental impact, and looking ahead uh, to, to continue to innovate. So they really embrace an ethos of sustainable, back to basics, fork to field eating. And they're based in Ballycastle in County Antrim, which isn't a million miles away from where I'm from originally. So it's always oh, right. it's it's always great to see somebody that is close to hand from where I come from and um, getting an award. So congratulations to Charlie on that. Now, the next award we're going to look at then is also Northern Irish related, and that's the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes, and that went to Peter Hannon, who is a just a giant in Irish food, and I would even say, you know, throughout Europe, uh, one of, I think, Ireland's most dedicated and highly respected food champions. Peter actually comes from County Kildare, and he was telling me at the awards last week uh, that he went up to Northern Ireland. It was supposed to be for a 20-minute meeting, and he never left. (laughs) So he operates out of, is it County Down? And Yes, Moira in County Down. And he's just a fascinating story. He has He's probably best known for his Himalayan salt chambers, where he dry ages beef. He has four chambers now, and they are made out of 8,000 hand-cut Himalayan rock salt bricks. And when you just imagine the journey those bricks had to take from, the Pakistan, uh, from Pakistan to Moira in County Down, it's just incredible. It's, it's so special. He is more awards than you can shake a stick at. He has won 230 Great Taste Awards, and that includes two Supreme Champion Awards, which is the top award out of 10,000 entries. And he has won that not once, but twice, making him the first producer in the history of those awards to take that top prize for a second time. He is um, just, he, he really believes in sourcing and working with farmers and really champions local producers, just an outstanding man, an outstanding business. He continues to innovate and we were so privileged and proud to present him with this award. He is a fantastic ambassador for Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland and all the products that come from both sides of the border and it is an extremely impressive operation that he has there in Moira in County Down. Well worth a visit and um, a very sturdy trophy cabinet on site there to to house all those different awards that he's got. Now, <laughs> he needs a room of his own. <laughs> now we were talking there about Mike Thompson and the the cheese and he wasn't the only cheese winner this year that's right so we had cheese north and south our one of our other food awards was the Haggerty family from county cork and we awarded them for their new cheese it's called temple gall you might be familiar with them for for their Haggerty cheddar but this new cheese uh they've been making the cheddar for a good few years now and wanted to bring something new to market so they brought in a young man, Jean-Baptiste, from France, and after three years of, of tweaking the recipe, they've got this now to market. It's a really impressive cheese when you see it. It's made in a humongous 40-kilogram wheel, and each of these wheels has to be brushed and turned three times a week. And the result is a Comte-style raw milk cheese. So again, this is another raw milk cheese uh, both of them were raw milk cheeses this year and has a really sweet, delicate, nutty flavor. And the good news is it's just gone back on the market. It can only be made um, when the cows are not eating silage. So it, it's, uh, it's a real seasonal cheese that way. I suppose you could even say it has a vintage, you know, much like a wine. So you couldn't get it for a long time because it was 
sitting there, you know, being turned and brushed and, and getting ready. And But it, it's just gone back on the market now for anybody who'd like to give it a try. Definitely. We'll have to keep an eye out for that because I'm, I'd be very partial to the Comte style cheese. And um, I've never tasted this one, so definitely I, I want to get a taste of that. They weren't alone in Cork then. Cork is doing extremely well in lots of different awards at the moment. And they also got three awards. So Hegarty's is the first of the Cork Awards that we're going to talk about tonight. And the second one then is for a rare apple ice wine. Yeah, so this was our Irish Drink Award. Just a really, really beautiful product. Uh, this is from Tillahora Orchards. And they're a family business. They are growing 130 varieties of apple and over 40 peri pear varieties on their farm. They make cider, uh, peri, as I said, apple port. And this is their premier drink, the Kilahora Orchard's Rare Apple Ice Wine. And it's made similar to the way ice wine is made in Canada with grapes, except, of course, with apples. And that's one of the fascinating things about this product is using Irish fruits you know, to, to kind of play on this this um, drink that's usually made with grapes. So it's really um, not too sweet, has a good balance between the acidity and the sweetness, pairs beautifully uh, with pork and cheeses, and is also excellent as a dessert wine. Makes a really special gift, or the lovely thing to have in the house, you know, around celebration times, you know, to be able to, be able to offer to your guests. Uh, I expect we're going to be seeing this on more menus as, as word of it spreads. It's just a beautiful product, beautiful packaging, really exciting what they're doing down there with Irish fruit. Isn't it great to hear these different stories of producers that are being very creative and innovative and also entrepreneurial and taking chances on new and different products? Absolutely. And of course, you really love to see them then succeed. The last Cork Award went to Cork Penny Dinners, which is a very special charity down in Cork City. That's right. So they won our Community Food Award. And again, this is the award that we do accept nominations from the public. So keep your eye out around about maybe July when we'll be opening up nominations for this, if you know of a a similar organization for our 2020 awards. But Cork Penny Dinners was founded during famine times in the 1840s and is one of Cork's oldest charitable organizations. They offer hot meals in a safe environment to all those in need. A shocking statistic is they were providing, before the recession, 150 or fewer meals per week. Currently, they are serving up to 2,000 freshly made meals per week. They also provide uh, classes in their facility. They have the Cork Music Dojo, the High Hopes Homeless Choir, the Food for Thought Mental Health Initiative, a mindfulness and well-being class, and French classes. And I'm happy to say they will soon be expanding their services in a new facility in James Street, where they'll be offering even more for their service users. And there's always an open door and a warm welcome, and they just... It's unfortunate that it would appear that this service is needed now more than ever. So we were happy to be able to highlight the excellent work they're doing there. Absolutely a very worthy winner. And those figures are pretty scary now from 150 meals to up to 2000 every week. Absolutely. It's it's, uh, shocking. Now, the final award and the eighth one is another food award, and that was for um, flour. And I actually came across this flour in Sauna's health food shop just during the week there, our local health food shop. So tell us about the Workman family. 
So this is actually for their organic spelt berries is, is what we awarded them. So the Danaini farm, they, they are probably better known for their flowers, but it was the organic spelt berries that we awarded. We were really taken with the um, nuttiness, the health benefits, that, that it's high in fiber and B vitamins, low in gluten, rich in essential fatty acids and amino acids, but mostly that it makes a really versatile and nutritious Irish-grown whole grain alternative to imported grains. So it's really easy to just cook up a batch of this and use it in place of maybe quinoa or uh, bulgur wheat. makes an excellent base for salads. At our awards ceremony last week, we had it as a risotto, which was absolutely delicious. And the the recipe for that is on the Irish Food Writers Guild website for anybody who would like to give it a try. It's very achievable at home. So the Workman family, they, um, you mentioned that Brock Emmon Farm is near where you're uh, from, and the Workman family here in County Laos is not too far away from me. Uh, so they are always innovating, really interested in old and traditional varieties of wheat as well. They toured all around Europe to see where spelt is grown and recognized that there was a gap in the market for this here in Ireland, because it, obviously it does grow well here. Well, I'm delighted now that you mentioned it was on the menu at your award ceremony because you do have a very special lunch that features all the ingredients that are recognised on the day of the awards. And this year you had it in Glover's Alley in Dublin. That's right. So Executive Chef Andy McFadden created a bespoke menu using all the products from our winners. And it was just one of the best meals we've had in recent times, to be honest. It was really special. The winners were all delighted, you know, clean plates all around. It's it's a really nice way to see the the award-winning produce honoured. Can you talk us through what the menu was on the day? Sure. So we had, uh, to start, we had brockgammon goat with a Waldorf salad. Then that was followed by, as I mentioned, the spelt berry risotto with a parsley oil. The main was Peter Hannon's salt-aged beef. Then we were lucky enough to have two desserts. We had a granita made with that apple ice wine. And then um, what the last winner we haven't talked about, 3FE, we had a, it was called a coffee cremo, which is kind of like a, like a sphere of ice cream, uh, which coffee-infused ice cream. And then to finish, we had those two cheeses with a rhubarb and apple chutney. And out of all of the courses, what was your standout dish? Oh, it's, it's like picking a favourite child. <laughs> so, um, I really, I enjoyed them all. I really enjoyed the Speltberry risotto because that is something, um, after I worked with Andy McFadden on the recipes, I actually did make it home myself and, you know, the whole family loved and, of course, Peter Hannon's beef is just so special. That's a treat, no matter when you're having it. And they say that um, risotto can be quite difficult or challenging to make. Is that the case for this particular risotto? Oh, no, risotto, is, it's one of those things that's not difficult. It just needs your time and attention, you know, to, to have to stir it. So if you just kind of put yourself in a, in a zen mentality, you know, put on some good music or a podcast, Give it a give the pot a stir every couple of minutes while you maybe you know potter around doing other things. But it's it's definitely 
I think, within the midweek meal territory, as long as you can just have it in your head that you do have to mind it a little bit more than maybe something that you just throw into the oven. And all good meals wouldn't be complete without a good cup of coffee to finish them off. And I do apologise because you you mentioned there about Colin Harmon and we forgot to to mention his award. He got an Outstanding Organisation Award. That's right. So that was for his company, 3FE. And so Colin Harmon, he had a lucrative career in finance, and then he quit that in 2008 to devote himself to coffee. He won the next year the Irish Barista Championships, placed fourth in the World Barista Championships, and then opened 3FE in the lobby of the Twisted Pepper nightclub. Now, he went on to, he now has, um, I believe it's two standalone cafes, no, three standalone cafes and an all-day restaurant named Gertrude in Dublin. He also has his own coffee roastery. Now, what impressed the Guild and why he got the Outstanding Organization Award is not only because the, the coffee has, is of such high quality, but also because of the company's commitment to, sta- to sustainability, particularly in the areas of waste and energy use, purchasing principles, staff welfare, and community they work closely with farmers, exporters, and importers. They have started a company-wide CSR project on engaging in the circular economy, whether that's through inventive solutions to food waste at the cafes or finding new uses for industrial waste at the roastery. And they are you can read more about it on their blog where they are posting once a week about their journey towards sustainability. So they're really a fantastic uh, example, not in and of, not only in and of their own right, but I think as an inspiration and model for other businesses. Wonderful. Well, a selection of fantastic food and drink producers and individuals from both sides of the border in Ireland, which is always great to see. Congratulations to all the winners and thanks so much for telling us all about it tonight, Kristen. Well, it's my privilege to be able to share them with you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by the Taste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, we heard about this year's Irish Food Writer Guild Food Awards. Thanks to Guild Chairperson Kristen Jansen. If you would like to give the risotto dish a go, and it certainly sounds most delicious, the recipe is on the Guild website, which is irishfoodwritersguild.ie. Earlier in the programme, health store owner Rosemary Bennis highlighted the actions and positive outcome of a recent campaign to prevent 23% fat being added to health supplement products. If you missed all that and you're just tuning in, catch the best possible taste when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings on West Limerick 102FM. That's at 8am. Or you can check them out online because the podcasts are available to listen to on my website, SharonNoonan.com, as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And they're also on the taste.ie website. Now, before we go tonight, the Irish Restaurant Awards are in full swing. The regional winners in Ulster, Leinster and Dublin have been announced. And tomorrow night, the Munster Regional Awards take place and all the winners will be announced in the Limerick Strand Hotel. So best of luck to everyone that has been nominated and congratulations to everyone who has been an award recipient so far. And that brings us to the end of tonight's Best Possible Taste. Thank you so much for tuning in and to my guests, Rosemary Bennis and Kristen Jensen. I'll be back next week. So until then, bon appétit. 
Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appétit. <laughs>